0: Would you please take your Bibles out and turn to Matthew chapter 19 with me this morning, please. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 19. We're going to look at verses 13 through 15. Then were there brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray, and the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Suffer little children, And forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed thence. May the Lord bless us as we continue a series, Jesus Loves Little Children. Today I'm going to talk about what I've entitled The Principles of Prayer. And we're going to see that most vividly manifest in child likeness even in little children if you've ever heard a little child pray you have heard a real prayer you have heard a prayer that was honest you have heard a prayer that was specific you have heard a prayer that was confident trustful that's how a little child prays and here we find that the disciples Or trying to tell the parents not to bring their little children to Jesus. They had been taught they were supposed to do that, they would bring their children. The world today is trying to talk to us and tell us as parents and as churches not to bring our little children to Jesus, not to teach our little children to pray. You know, we're living in a world today that is so different than it's ever been. It's just upside down. I remember, it seemed like a long time ago, if you needed something and you had money enough to get it, you could get it. And now, you can't get what you need, even if you got money. You could go over to a local car dealership. I think of... uh, Franklin Chevrolet. It's absolutely eerie to see the parking lot with no vehicles. You still don't have any lawnmowers, do you, Sister Ruth? Many of you have embraced that and encountered that wanting things. I hear people talking about construction and they can't get material. The thing about prayer, though, it should remind us that we have what we need in Jesus. For He has promised to supply all our needs. But the one thing we're missing that little children can teach us is that we're to pray to Him for those needs. And we might think that's a little thing to do. A lot of times in religion, we get so big for our spiritual britches that we forget to pray. Or we think we know how to do it. I believe prayer is like uh, sort of a hitch pin. I can pull a 10,000 pound trailer behind my truck. And what makes it happen is a little pin, about six inches long and a half inch thick. It's called a hitch pin. I believe prayer is what, what we have to have to connect us to the vital power that God has given us. Hey, I don't have to tell you, it's hard in making this world. And I don't have to tell you, you parents or grandparents to pray for your children because you're doing it because you know how vulnerable they are and how evil this world is and how sneaky Satan is man we need to pray and we need to do it now the thing about praying like a little child is they were bringing these children to Jesus and they didn't have to be dressed a certain way nor do we We don't have to clean up or dress up or put on our makeup. We come to Jesus just like little children. We come helpless just like a baby. Because that's exactly how we are. You see, little children come in this world and they can't eat. They don't know how to feed themselves. They don't know how to wipe their noses or tie their shoes or change their diapers. And we're the same way spiritually. Oh, if we only knew how helpless we were, we would certainly pray more. I'm going to tell you about a baby crying. That gets that mama's attention. I was talking to a guy not long ago. He said he just couldn't sleep at night. He's having to take some sort of sleeping aid. He said, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he said, I was telling him my condition. He says, man, I sleep like a baby. He said, you do? He said, yeah. He says, I sleep a little bit, I wake up and cry a little bit, and then I go to sleep, and I wake up and cry a little bit again. I mean, that's probably true for all of us in a way. But I want you to know that God hears a baby's cry. These are God's children. Thank you for bringing up your children in the nurtured admonition of the Lord. You know, last week we talked from Matthew 18, and Jesus is pretty serious about not, excuse me, not bringing his little children to him. Because I remember him saying, don't you, that he says, if anybody defrauds... (laughs) For instance, one of these little children, it would be better for a millstone to be hung around his neck and that he'd be cast in the depths of the sea. That's what Jesus said. Man, the little ones, they're so precious. You know, I was talking to a young lady who works at a, a children's dentistry office. She has a lot of encounter with young kids. And she was telling me the other day about this little one that came in and said, You know, I have two daddies, and they sleep in the same bedroom. Now, if that situation doesn't change, Jesus will put a millstone around those daddies' neck. I remember a young teacher in a local elementary school telling me during a standardized test that she noticed a little girl that kept falling to sleep. And so she thought she might be sick and she went up to her and touched her. She had a little head down on the desk and said do you feel bad? What's wrong? Well she said my mama's boyfriend came over last night and Said we rode around looking for deer eyes to three o'clock this morning. How many times has this happened? The other day at uh, right over at Stilson I was getting some gas and and I know there's a place there, you've seen them, they called it the exchange. It's where one parent brings the kid and gives it to the other parent. There's lots of places like that. And I was there and before I drove off, I heard the cry of a baby. That gets your attention. And I look up and this guy's putting the baby in the car and the mama's driving off the other way. And you know, my heart went out for that little one. you know, we can prevent our children from coming to Jesus just by the life we live. That does not please Jesus. I saw a guy the other day and I said, "Come to see us, I'm going come to church." He said, "You know, I don't have time." He said, "We go to dog shows every weekend. That is nothing but not bringing your children to Jesus. You can make all the excuses you want to, but Jesus is real clear that we're to bring up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. A lot of the mess in this world today is because children have not been brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. What it means is God is right and we need Him. We need to pray for Him. And even after we do bring Him up, we still have to pray because we're weak. God says in Psalms 103, He says the Lord knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. He knows we're weak. He knows we're children. He says there the Lord pities children and them that fear him I think in this text these three verses are so powerful bringing out the principles of prayer and a few minutes we have I want to say three words that I think each verse says the verse 13 I think we can see teachable that's a principle of prayer that you're teachable probably the best thing we can give our children is to teach them to pray. Secondly, verse 14, I see trust there. A, kid, a children is trustful. And then in verse 15, touchable. Or Jesus laid his hands on them and departed thence. Look at uh, Ma- uh, Brother Luke chapter 11 with me just for a second. And It says there in verse 1, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, this is Jesus, by the way, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Now I want to say right, one thing right now is that When God saves you by His grace, He comes to you. But when you pray, you go to Him. Because God will touch you. Prayer is a connection that we have with deity. It's the keystone or the key to the powerhouse of God. Because right here, what Jesus is about to tell these disciples is they're going to need a connection of a power that they don't have. He's gonna teach them how to pray. But when God saves you by his grace, you won't have to be taught to pray. You will do it simultaneously. When the apostle Paul in Acts nine was struck down on the road to Damascus and God saved him by his grace and changed his direction, and blinded him, and he said, he sent him into a city, into Damascus. And then God took a man by the name of Ananias and said, go find him. And the 11th verse of chapter nine of Acts, he says, you're gonna find him, Ananias, because he's gonna be prey, for he prayeth. Teaching a born-again Christian how to pray is about like teaching a duck how to swim. I mean, it's part of the Spirit within us. And I'm going to tell you, when you're talking about praying and being taught to pray, it's being teachable, just like a little child. It doesn't matter if you've been in church all your life. It doesn't matter how many times you've been baptized or how many mission trips you've been on. God will save you in spite of all that. You have to come like a little child to Him. Helpless, snotty-nosed with stuff in your eyes. You have to go to him and that little kid goes when it thunders he runs to mom or daddy. You take a child when they get really tired and cranky they're going to go to that mom or that daddy they're going to crawl up in their laps. That's what we do to God. But here's the disciples that said Lord teach us to pray as John told his disciples. And certainly we need to cultivate that, but the first thing we need to do is understand that we have to be teachable. It's okay to say, I don't know. You know, you've been around people, you know they know everything about everything. You start telling them, I know, I need to start telling them. I don't listen to them, that's got much weight to me. See, the thing about prayer is, prayer is not measured by the length of the Prayer. It's measured by the weight. It's not being able to say God when you pray. It's, a, it's, a better, it's better to say, Lord, you know me. I'm, I'm just a little child. I'm weak. I'm naked. I need you, God. Please help me. I mean, the disciples prayed in a sinking ship, didn't they? Save me, Lord. That was long enough. You know what, here Jesus is going to teach us to pray, and then Jesus, what does he do? He gives them the model prayer. You all probably can say the model prayer. It takes 15 seconds to say it, but it takes all day long to pray it. Because prayer is your mind, prayer is your thought. To be teachable. Oh God, teach me to pray. May we all be able to say that today. And the first thing we gotta understand is, will always be a failure at prayer. Be content with that, because that's why we pray anyway. We are an example of being incomplete. We are all broken, else we wouldn't need to pray. See, we can't say, well I'm gonna get good enough and pray. I'm gonna be able to say this and pray. No, you just come to a little child and you believe in Jesus say Lord teach me to pray no matter how old you are where you been, what you doing he gives them the model prayer our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven you focus on God first, get your mind off yourself you know one thing that I've learned about little children, you talk to them about God to a little child you don't have them to say well I don't believe God exists I've sat down, I've had the privilege to sit down with little children in my ministry, and I'm going to tell you what those eyes just beam when you talk about Jesus. They don't ever question, they don't ever doubt that the prayer you pray is going to be answered or theirs. They believe Him. They trust Him. You know, sometimes I think we worry about, can I say things right to God? I'm going to tell you this, if you're a mama, you can interpret the the babbling of a two-year-old, can't you? You don't have to say certain ways. I mean, you know, this thing come out a while back. You know, got a certain order of prayer. You better watch that. We need to shake off religion and start enjoying God. And we're going to only do that when we become little children to be teachable. You know, kind. I thought about him the other day. Guy used to work for me, a friend of mine, Hal Sharp, down at Nebbles. You probably know some of his family. Every time I go by the intersection of 46 and Arcola Road, I think of him. That's where he got killed a few years ago in a tragic accident. Somebody ran a stop sign there and killed him. I did his funeral. Hal come to me to work. He was out in the Marine Corps, and I remember Hal come up to me one day. He said, Mr. Randy, I want a job, and I want to work in forestry. But he said this. He said, I don't know anything about it, but I want you to teach me. And he says, I'll do it, and I'll make you a good man. I never hesitated hiring that guy. One of the most faithful workers I've ever had. Why? Because he's teachable. You're trying to hire somebody that knows everything? I mean, I wonder how many prayers, I mean, you know, pray that only get the ceiling. Why? Because we think we know it all. We got to say it right. It's got to be just the right length. Man, we need to go around praying all day like a little child is what we need to do. I mean, why do you think God says pray without ceasing? Because we need that connection with God. You don't have to be in church to pray. You don't have to be a preacher to pray. You know what Jesus has done to you? He's made you a prayer. He's made you a priest. Peter says that we're made priests and kings. And he says in Revelation chapter 1, because we've been washed by his blood the blood of Jesus, that we have been made priests and kings forever. See, the priesthood of the Old Testament was not something you uh, joined because you wanted to. It's because God made you come. It comes from a family of Levites. And God has put you in his family to pray because we need to pray without ceasing. I mean, I don't know about you. I bet you can witness this. You know, lots of times I'll say this. Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. I mean, just walking down the road, riding down the road. I mean, stop at a red light. I mean, that's prayer. That's childlike prayer. Teachable. God says that. He's always been saying it. Deuteronomy 6, he says, bring you up to children. He says, you teach them. When you're sitting down and in your house and walking around, standing up. You take my word and hang it on your frontlets. You live a life. Those children are watching you. I probably told you this experience in my life. I was not raised in a Christian family per se. But I still remember vividly this day as a 16 year old boy sitting at the dinner table down in Stiltson, Mr. Calvin Saxon. And we were building chicken houses on his place that summer. And I don't believe I'd ever heard a man pray in my life. And I remember sitting there at that table and Miss Saxon brought all the good food out where we were sitting there and Brother Calvin says, let's have a prayer. And he prayed. I'm gonna say prayer is the greatest witness that we can do. So you pray. Don't you let the world tell you not to pray. You pray because God has given you that spirit of grace. And you need to always have an attitude. You're not going to graduate. You're not going to get good of you. you just be, teach me, God. Teach me to pray. Secondly, to be trustful. Trusting in God for all that we have. Jesus says in Mark 10, 10 24, he was given an example of trusting in riches. Listen to what he says in Mark chapter 10, verse 24. He's talking to grown men. Jesus said, "And, and the disciples, in verse 24, Mark chapter 10, and the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again, and saith unto them, children, listen, children. You know, God calls his people children very often in the Bible. We're God's children. What a privilege we are to have a father like we have. Jesus says, "Children, how hard it, eh, is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? I think we, we should be far and off and along of the spiritual the world and the culture that we live in. I saying we cannot trust in riches. Trust in Jesus. Hey, here's a childlike way to look at it. You can trust the one who died for you. You know, you can trust Him. If you can't trust Jesus, you can't trust anybody. The thing is, are you willing to trust Him? You've got a lot of distraction. The reason that we're to pray and we're going to a uh, closet type arrangement, Jesus said to get off to yourself. You know, He tells us at the moment, you go in and shut the door. You don't pray to be heard of men. Why? Because we have so many distractions. We're to trust in God. He says, lean not in Proverbs chapter 3. Lean not to your own understanding. But with all your heart, trust in Jesus. I've said before, and it's not there just by accident. The very middle verse in all the Bible, if you put the Bible from, Re- from Genesis to Revelation, you laid it out linearly, and you went to the very center of the Bible. I am told that the very center verse in the, in the Bible It's Psalms 118, verse 8. You know what that psalm says? You know what that verse says? It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Now, I for one don't think God just put it there just in the center of the Bible just to hang around. It just didn't fall in there to fill up the black white spaces. God is serious about trusting man. A little child will trust it. You come out of confident prayer. Those little children pray that way. And so should we. There's a book uh, Robert Ketchum wrote called I Shall Not Want. And In that book he cites uh, a story a Sunday school teacher said when the teacher asked the students who were very little children how many of you know the 23rd song?" And so a little four and a half year old girl raises her hand And she says, I can quote it. And the teacher said, thinking, kind of smiling to himself, can this little girl quote that song? And so he called her up to the podium right before the class. And the story said the little girl sort of took a bow. And she looked up and said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. And she bowed her head and sat back down. And even though she might have left off some words, she had it right. Because you know what? You can know the psalm and not know the shepherd. But when you know the shepherd, see this model prayer that Jesus teaches and prayed, it's not about knowing the words. It's not about how long you can pray. It's not about how much you can uh, uh, fast. It's about your attitude of being like a little child. That's what it's about. It's about understanding that you need God's protection. That you need somebody to keep you out of sin and temptation. You need to know how vulnerable you are to walk off from God. You need to be how know how vulnerable you are to the the wiles of the devil and, and people around you. But you need to know how much Jesus loves you. Because Jesus loves little children. I'll tell you, when you're talking about praying like a child, you're talking about praying simply. You're talking about praying honestly and openly, trustfully, confidently, expectantly. You watch your little children when they pray. Uh, I, I've had opportunity like, like that, uh, The little ones come over, even Jackson and Emery, and We, we got to go from... Chick-fil-A or whatever. We sit down there and let's let's have a blessing. Man, those little hands go together. You know, most of us prayer is just a sheer drudgery. You know, I don't want to pray. Those little kids look like they'll enjoy. Oh, granddaddy, what you going to (laughs) say? You know. I trust. You trust God like a child. I'm going to tell you, he loves you. He's that way. And you know what? Jesus touched these little children, didn't he? You know what it says? Matthew 8, 19 rather. You've got to be touchable. Because prayer is how we touch deity. Oh, the power that God gives us through prayer. He laid his hands on them and departed thence. You know, I remember several years ago, a black man over at one of the nursing homes when I visited there I'd always stop and see him. his name was Eugene. He was up in his 90's and the man smiled all the time. I remember bringing him a watermelon or two when they would let me and I remember my conversation with him one day. I said brother Eugene let me, let me ask you something. I said I see you the you, way you smile and you know, and you're here in this nursing home. He said, how, how does that, I said, how does that come about? What is, a, what is, a, what is your, your recipe? Maybe it's what I said, something like that. And he, he began to tell me, he said, you know, I, I used to be a deacon at this little church it's over in Scriven County. And he said, it was just a few people would go. But he said, it wasn't far from my house. And said, lots of times, I would just stop in that little church. And I'd walk up to the front of it and kneel. And I would say, Jesus, it's me, Eugene. And he said, I got up and left. I said, you mean that's all you said? He says, all it said. He said, I want to tell you something, son. He said, now though, he said, I can lay here on this bed. And sometimes sometimes I feel awful bad and discouraged. He said, what makes me smile is sometimes Jesus comes up and stands by me. And all he says is, Eugene, it's me, Jesus. You see, that is how prayer works. It's touchable. Have you been praying and you, you might be felt bent over because of sin or maybe you hurt a loved one. And all of a sudden, this touch comes over. You don't know where it comes from, but it's God. I'm going to tell you, powerful prayer is powerful. A humble ver- a humble righteous prayer of a a righteous man, humble, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It makes a difference. You pray for your children. You pray for others. You pray for yourself. But you do it with an attitude. Oh God, teach me to pray. I haven't got there yet. I'm a failure, God, when it comes to prayer. But you can take my babblings because you are making intercession for me. You say it like it's on your heart. You let God know it's okay to be a beggar. You come to him because he's God and we need him. And we might live in a world where we got all kind of money and things that we can do. But I'm going to tell you, when you're missing God, you have nothing. And prayer is what brings something and makes your nothing worthwhile. May the Lord bless us to see that and feel that. because so I'm going to tell you, we need to go after Jesus like a baby crying for milk. You hear me? We need to go after Jesus like that woman that had an issue of blood for years and couldn't get any help anywhere else. You know what she said? I want to touch the hem of his garment. You know how you touch God? You do it in prayer. If you have to crawl on your knees, if you have to go around the corner, You get to him and you say, oh God, I'm your child. I come to you, teach me. I trust you, touch me. May the Lord bless you. Would you bow with me? We thank you, Heavenly Father, for loving us so much, not only to save us by your grace and forgive us of all our sins, but to give us the virtue of prayer. To prompt our hearts, O God, to see our need of You. Even to convict us of our sins. And to know, Lord, when we confess them, that You convert us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. O Lord, the key to that is praying to You honestly, fervently, believingly. Thank You, God. We're not here by accident. The circumstances that we're in, they do not surprise you. But you have given us something to handle them all with. It's called prayer. Help us to do it like you say. Oh, Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to be like little children. That is how we embrace your kingdom. For you're the king. And we're still so thankful that you are. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.